0: Do you dare come with me down this dark and terrifying path? Come. Sit down. Make yourself comfortable. And let me tell you the story of of George George Lucas. George Lucas. George Lucas. George (laughs) Lucas. In the late 1700s, locals of the village of Yaton, around 20 miles from Bristol, in England, were rather alarmed when a man by the name of George Lukens began to display increasingly bizarre behavior. He would spontaneously start snarling like an animal, or barking like a dog, as well as sing hymns backwards, sing or chant in a foreign language that the illiterate man did not know speak in both the voice of a man and a woman, or blurt out vulgar obscenities or profanity for no apparent reason. During these fits, he was also said to often convulse, walk around on all fours, or appear to be thrown about by unseen hands. It was all very uncharacteristic behavior for the young man, who villagers had known to have always been well-behaved, calm, and cheerful. These weird episodes were completely unpredictable, could last for up to an hour, and plagued Lukens for years, forcing his family to have him put in a mental institution for 20 months, where all efforts to treat him, or indeed find any cause for condition, failed. Indeed, these episodes became even more intense and tinged with the paranormal as time went on. Lucans would have violent outbursts where he would claw or bite at people, or smash items with strength far beyond what his slight figure would suggest, as well as speak in voices that were not his own, and also showed a profound aversion to religious symbols, objects, or words. Spooked villagers began to suspect Lukens was under the influence of demonic forces, or witchcraft, and even he himself began to proclaim to anyone who would listen that he was possessed by seven distinct demons that would require seven priests to eject from him. One minister, by the name of Joan Walton, who had long known Lucans, said of him at the time, I personally knew him, a youth about 18 short in stature and meager in aspect he had frequent fits or paroxysms and was sometimes affected like the Pythonesses or rather like the furies mentioned often by Herodotus and ancient writers he was cruelly distorted and uttered foul language but was often heard to say that he should be delivered if seven ministers should pray with him Whatever was tormenting Lucans was obviously taking a toll on his health as he had wasted away into an emaciated, withered-looking husk of his former self, drained of all vigor and villagers became extremely worried about him. The story of the odd, seemingly possessed man spread through the village and surrounding areas, finally coming to the attention of an Anglican reverend in Bristol by the name of Joseph Easterbrook, who was the vicar of the town's temple church. When other clergymen of the church were told of the case, most of them agreed it to be a possibly genuine demonic possession, but refused to get involved, perhaps out of fear. Nevertheless, Easterbrook managed to gather together six other ministers from a movement of Protestant Christians called Wesleyanism, for the purpose of arranging an exorcism for the demon-plagued Lucans to be held at Temple Church. On June 13th, 1788. The whole thing was meant to be a low-key affair that would be kept secret, so this ragtag group of exorcists was no doubt very surprised when hundreds of gawkers arrived out of morbid curiosity, fueled by stories on Lucan's that had been circulating by both word of mouth and through the local news. According to Easterbrook's own account of the ordeal, The exorcism started with Lucans eerily singing in a high-pitched voice, which soon dropped in timbre to a deep, gruff one that ridiculed and berated the ministers present and told them that they would undoubtedly fail. He then started alternating between a man's voice and a woman's voice, spewing out vitriol, blasphemous rants, threats of physical violence, and even at one point jarringly singing a love song. The demons also made it very clear that they were infuriated that these priests would want to try to exorcise them and expressed contempt towards Lucans for telling them of their evil presence within him. As this tirade went on, other distinct voices began popping through, chattering about different things, singing, barking, growling, babbling about utter nonsense, and one particularly bass voice bragging about his vast powers. Sometimes the voices spoke perfect Latin, which Lucans had had absolutely no knowledge of, surprising one skeptical observer who was trained in Latin and convincing him that perhaps what he was seeing was all real. Lucans also sang out a hymn of praise called Ate Deum to the devil, proclaiming him the supreme leader and governor of all things. The haunted man became so unruly that it required two men to hold him down as the ministers said their prayers over his writhing, contorting body. When asked why they were torturing Lucans, one of the demons allegedly replied, so that I may show my power among men. After two hours of intense prayer and constant physical restraint, Lucans then became calm, praised God and stated that the evil presences were gone. In the aftermath of the intense exorcism, controversy stormed around the event and Lucan's veracity. While those who had been present were convinced that this had been a genuine demonic possession, and many upstanding citizens of the village also tended to agree, others were not so sure. There were those who criticized the truthfulness of Lucans, claiming that he was well-known as a clever ventriloquist and skilled mimic, as well as an alcoholic and a prankster. Others said that Lucans merely suffered from some form of epilepsy, which had been exaggerated by the clergy to seem more supernatural, or that the demonic possession part was wholly fabricated by Lucans to avoid having to work. Even some clergy criticized the exorcism itself, accusing the Wesleyan ministers of not having been properly ordained to engage in such battles. All things told, the Lucans' exorcism turned out to be one of the most hotly debated and controversial exorcisms the country had ever seen. For his part, Lucans experienced no further incidents of demonic possession and returned to a quiet, humble life. Although he wanted to stay in Bristol, he eventually returned home to Yotun due to negative public reaction to him living there in the wake of the exorcism. He would go on to live a rather poor life with only sporadic employment as a bookseller and bill sticker and living mostly off of begging and government aid until he died a lonely man in 1805. We have come to the end of this unholy episode, The Case of George Lukens. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Tune in next Tuesday for our next unholy episode. In the meantime, remember to say a little prayer before bed and be careful of the ones after your soul. (laughs) Ha 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 ha